been a little while since the, well, actually, what, trade deadline day? Since we, uh, or just before the trade deadline day. This was probably, the last time we recorded was when the Senators decided to trade Matt Duchesne, so. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been, a little bit of has changed uh, since that point. Originally, Austin and I had decided that we were going to record something after the Islanders game. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we decided it was in... We were not going to record something after the Islanders game. It was better for our sanity and for your sanity to not do anything. So, yes. uh, we've, we've decided to hold off and now we are back. We are here to talk about... We'll, we'll touch in on, on that game and what that stuff meant. All right. It's still, it's still, it still lingers a bit, but I think I've got a better feel for how things have gone since that time. And we'll talk about, I mean, the Leafs have been, it's weird. They've been, you know, they've been winning, but yet there's still, I don't know what the best way to put it. There's still some people that are not, not satisfied Leaf fans are never happy, is the way to put it. Leaf fans can never have nice things. Well, I mean, there's always something wrong with the team. If the team was undefeated or the team was playing like the Tampa Bay Lightning, we'd still be judging our AHL team for having one more loss than they should have. That's true. There's always something to complain about with the Leafs. Well, when we look at okay, maybe the best way to do it is we'll recap what really just what happened uh, over the last. So it's been four games. Uh, the Leafs played the Oilers. Well, they played, mm. the, they played the Sabres after the trade deadline, but that was I mean, they played the Sabres twice. And that was a weird game. Both were weird games, if you really think about it. Um, well, especially you know you're right about that first one being weird just because of how some of those goals went in. But yeah. when I look at the the last few games, so we have the Oilers game where they. The Leafs just pretty much told the Oilers you're you're not very good. Yeah, and that was uh, that was something. They're gonna tell them that again in a couple of days. Well, that's yeah, we're gonna get to that because uh, there is. It, it's interesting <laughs> because since the Oilers lost to the Leafs, they've won racked off three straight wins. And since the Leafs lost to the Islanders, they've racked off two straight wins. So I think those two those two teams learned something from some lopsided losses. Yeah. Um, let's go right. You no, know let's just go right into that Leafs game against the Islanders because I think it was both a good thing. I mean, and not a great thing. I mean, losing a game six one is never good, but I think Mike Babcock finally got. A chance to tell this team this the, the way they've been playing um, hasn't been well. There's times where it hasn't been acceptable, and there's times where they've rose to the occasion. This was one of those games where the intensity and everything. There's like the what's the best way to say it's the intensity and just you the the team needed to have you know a more sense of urgency in this one and the team the team was awful in new york they were fine up until that goal for hyman was disallowed yeah like the, the then they were they looked like a lottery team or a team that was intentionally trying to lose they looked horrific yeah and okay granted you had two guys being inserted into the lineup that hadn't played in a long time I mean, Marincin technically has been playing the AHL, but he just got thrown right back into an NHL lineup. And, and Marincin was an issue in that game. Justin Hall, actually, for a guy that played just two games all season, Justin Hall didn't look like he had missed any time. He stepped in, he was fine, he jumped in offensively. So he just played his game without really making a whole lot of massive errors. Martin Marincin, on the other hand, yeah, he uh, he had a night. Yeah, so I don't really know how else to explain that. He was just—I don't even—he was probably a minus four, I would assume, plus minus. Really, not a stat that anyone likes to use anymore, but he was on the ice for a lot of goals. He was, and you know, granted, they've responded the last couple of games where they haven't been terrible. So, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, 
not they haven't been like like when I look at it, it's like do I want them in the lineup? No. Do I have a, a choice? Do we have? I mean, do we have? Do the Leafs have a choice? Not really. Like For the, Martin Marchant to work, he needs to play with somebody who. Um, what am I trying to say? They he needs to play with somebody who can move the puck because it's yeah. he handles it like a, it's a grenade. He is one of the worst puck handling defenseman I've ever seen. Like Roman Polak, I would take as a puck moving defenseman over Martin Marchand at this point. Well, it's just there's times where you can tell he is not. He he's trying to make a quick decision, but he's not. He's not. He doesn't seem settled. It seems like he's just. He's rushing, or he's like the first option that comes to him isn't the one he should be going with. I, yeah. I, how many times have we seen him just throw pucks up the middle or the side? Like it's just not. You're not gonna get. You're not going to succeed long term because teams know will now know to target you. Like like this is again what happened with Boston. In the playoffs, they targeted that right side with Polak, Hainsey, and at times Gardner, because they couldn't move the puck, and they were turning it over. And it was, and that's the Bruins game. They feast on turnovers, and you know, keeping the cycle going. Yeah, um, there. I begged on Mark Wrench a lot during that game on Twitter, but. There are things he does well, um, and there are things he does not do well. And he has a long stick. He's able to break up plays. He's an effective penalty killer at times. He just he, he can't handle the puck. And, I mean, there are spurts. Like, one of the last few games, he basically walked through a team and almost scored. I forget if that was – I think that might have been Buffalo. Um, like he has those just outbursts. He has it in the AHL as well, but he's generally not a guy that you want to have the puck on his stick for a long time. Well, and, and I think people forget, like, you know, we can talk about how certain players do in the AHL and yeah, there's players who, when they play well in the NHL, it can translate to NHL success, but it's what they do well in the AHL that allows them to be successful in the NHL in returns of Marincin, I would see clips of him, you know, rushing the puck up, moving the puck up. And then in the NHL, you don't see that from him because that's not the, – the Leafs don't need him to play that game. The Marlies, in a way, kind of do because they don't have as many puck movers. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think his, his role on the Leafs is just – it's better suited for the AHL. He's a guy. He's a, he's a very good AHL defenseman. He's not uh, an everyday NHL defenseman. No. So anybody who thought, and I, I thought about, I thought this when he was sent down. Um, when he was sent down, pretty much from watching him, people were like, "Oh, he's look rejuvenated. He looks good." He's like, "Well, no, he's just playing against AHL competition, not against NHL competition." Yeah, I mean, if you if you're um, just your outlook on your career is that you're an AHL defenseman. That's very good. That is more than you're still playing professional hockey. And if you're playing for the Leafs, you're playing for the Marlies, which means you're in a pretty good AHL, one of the top AHL organizations in the league. It's more than 99% of people can say they're an NHLer, or at least an NHLer. Like so. it's Martin Marincin has a place in this organization. I just he's. He's just a guy that's not really fit for the NHL, especially with what team Kyle Dubas is building. Yeah. So. I don't um, know. He, he's fine. Justin Hole was okay. Um, well, I thought Justin Hole's game would have translated better to the NHL because he's he you know he uses his skating as his advantage, and I you don't. He's sort of that perfect build for defensemen. He's mobile, but he's also 6'3". He's a right-handed shot. Um, he doesn't mind taking the odd risk if it means getting a goal. It's sort of what teams are looking for, which is kind of why 
it was hard to see him going on waivers because I would think a team would just put a flyer out on him just to see if those two games at the least, which weren't particularly good, were just an anomaly. Yeah, so... Um, he was a goal-per-game player last season. Yes, he was. Um, i just like to see... I mean, the big thing is just, just trying to get Dermot healthy. Uh, and yep. Gardner's health has me a little concerned. Uh, after hearing the talk about surgery, like I heard from somebody that it was, yeah, it was going to be pretty bad. Like who was a player that, um, it was supposed to be something along the lines of like, he'd Zach be out Parise. for months. I heard Zach Parise was the, yeah, example. that's it. The same injury that Zach Parise had that kept him out for a large chunk of the season. And that would be real bad. News like half the season almost. Right. Yep. So that would be debilitating for the Leafs because that's one member of your top four gone. You do have Muzzin, but that also means that Hainsey stays in the top four if Gardner's around for the playoffs. Hainsey probably stays in the top so, four regardless because of Mike Babcock. But. So we're gonna get we're gonna get to that shortly. Um, I, I just yeah, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. But um, let, let's just okay. We've I think we've pretty much okay. Uh, let, let's go with the with the Calgary game. That was, okay, in part, a lot to do with how Anderson kept them in it and allowed them to play the way they played to get to 3-4-0. Yeah. And Calgary's goaltending is just, like, I knew it was, like, people had talked about it as something they want to upgrade. And then, you know, you saw that Riddich had a good streak. Then just Mike Smith was kind of turning it on. Now it's kind of like they both are. Eh. Yeah, it, it's come to the point where teams, I think I saw, oh boy, what was it? I saw an Oilers fan post something about the playoffs. And people were in his mention saying, like, uh, if we make the playoffs, I want Calgary because of their goaltending. It's like teams that are on the bubble want to play Calgary because of their shoddy goaltending, which is not a good idea because, yeah. You don't want to go goal for goal with Calgary, especially how their defense and back end and Goudreau, that top line. Teams teams are a little too confident that they could just coast by and hope for bad goaltending. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I'm not going to totally, it's, I mentioned in our group that I'm not confident that Calgary will go far if that's how their goaltending is going to play. Um, they are the top team in the Western Conference, which means they would t- get Dallas in the first round. And let's, let's be real here. Dallas hasn't been – I mean, offensively they've sucked. So if you're if you're hoping that because Calgary's goaltending hasn't been good, you can take advantage of that, good on you. But uh, Dallas – Dallas, like, beat New York one nothing, like, their last game. So – yeah, um, it's just it's it's runs in this. It's just the way of how the league works. Honestly, it's you beat a team six one and then you lose to another team one nothing. It's just it's not hockey gods. It's just how it goes. <laughs> it seems like unless you're Tampa Bay, then you just blow everyone out. Yeah, I mean Tampa right now would be playing Montreal in that first round, and we know that. Montreal has a. I find that Montreal has a hard time kind of keeping up with those top teams because teams like that feast off of mistakes, and Montreal makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah, and Carey Price has been good. Carey Price makes up for a lot of blemishes on teams. He does. Montreal teams. If there's some blemishes you can't. Uh, and that's why you pay him ten million dollars. Ten, ten and a half. Yep. Oh, ten and a half. Hey, half a million. Might not mean Whew. might not mean a lot to to uh, NHL, but it means a lot to people like me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I just felt like you know that Calgary game, the Leafs did what I wanted the Leafs to do, which was you roll your four lines and you beat the you beat that team with whatever line has their best night. That's pretty much how the Leafs are supposed to be built. They're supposed to a dictate the pace, you know, roll those four lines and just overwhelm the opposing team's defense with their speed, ability to you know make uh, make plays out of nothing, and 
lo and behold, Tyler Ennis scores his first hat trick. And now, yeah. And now people are calling. <laughs> I mean, it's good for him. Like I, that was a, a a great game. That fourth line has looked pretty good lately. Um, and it's apparently going to be looking a little different. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know Tyler Ennis. I'm happy for him because. I mean, I wrote about it in the last article I did for Tip. It's He's an Edmonton native, grew up in Alberta, played his hockey in the minors with Medicine Hat. His entire family was in the crowd for that game. Um, hat trick. If we're being honest, he, I mean, he would probably say this. I think Zach Hyman said something along the lines of this as well. It's like he scored a couple greasy ones, but he'll take it. It's like that third goal should not have gone in. That was a mess. The second goal was a fluke bounce, but you take them. It's a hat trick nonetheless. Yeah, you never ever make it in a way that. I mean, the first goal was fantastic. That was a great goal. And I think the yeah the third goal was just along the ice where you're just like the goalie should be saving that. He's he's basically throwing that one on and then going for a change. That's basically what he was attempting to do. As he was looping back up top of the zone. He was just dumping it deep to get a get his next forward line on, and it ended up going in. So, you take them. Oh, uh, no, it doesn't you, matter how they go in. You the take old. them 100%, absolutely. Yep. So, with that being said, they play their next two games against uh, Vancouver and Edmonton, and then they have... Talk about how silly the schedule is for a second. Oh, yeah. They play in Alberta, then travel to BC then come back to Alberta to finish the road trip. Like, the NHL just, they don't get it. So so it, it's funny because I looked at that and I, I had the same exact thought, and I know exactly why the NHL did it. Oh, yeah, you, marketing. And... They wanted the Saturday night between Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. Yep. My That's issue fine. with that is you picked the wrong Alberta team. Uh, not even you just I just have a problem with the traveling the logistics of the whole thing like either flip the Vancouver game for Monday yeah, or that's what flip I the Edmonton game for Wednesday I mean I think the players don't mind it because instead of spending God knows how much time in Alberta you are in Vancouver over the next couple yeah. of days like Crazy. if I'm the Leafs I'm not traveling to Edmonton yeah I'd take Vancouver over Edmonton I, most people would but I'm also a little biased, so yeah. It's yeah, it's not uh, it's not ideal. There's the NHL scheduling has been weird, like a lot about the NHL in terms of the scheduling and standings and whatnot are pretty stupid. Those are two different things, but I just wanted to lump in the fact that the Leafs have to play the Bruins in the playoffs again because of this stupid system. Yeah, I had a long discussion with someone about that. and It's stupid. And it angers me because the GM meetings are happening right now, and they say it's not even a discussion at the GM meetings, fixing this stupid playoff system. It's funny, though. Like how, If you're an NHL GM, how are you not trying to change that? Well, it's just it's dumb. Uh, like... I mean, a lot of Bruins fans, if any Bruins fan is listening to this, is probably like, oh, you're scared of the Leaf or you're scared of the Bruins. You don't want to play us. Like, no, 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 no. I just don't want to play the Bruins or the Lightning for the next five years while the Leafs are on their run. Like, I'd rather see some different playoff matchups. It's fun to have rivalries, but, like, the Leafs are, what, the fourth best team in the East, and they're going to have to play a team that's better than them from their own division in the first round. Yeah, it's it, just it's stupid. I mean, like if you look at at the I mean, even in the Western Conference, like uh, San Jose and Vegas would play each other round one, and then Vegas would have to play, or whoever wins that. Sorry, I wouldn't assume Vegas would win that because I think San Jose. Is yeah, like those two win. teams. Those why two are teams. they playing? Why is Cal? Why would Calgary potentially play Vegas or? Why do Winnipeg and Nashville have to play each other in the second round every goddamn year? Yeah. I, I that's don't... a joke. That's a that's a Stanley Cup caliber matchup. 
and you have them playing in the second round. That's a Western Conference Finals matchup. No, that's those two teams could play each other in the Stanley Cup that's if they if the conference system wasn't a thing. They're the two best teams in the league besides Tampa. I I just don't understand um, why they. What made them think that this was the logical solution? I understand part of it was the travel. So you keep it within your division for the first two uh, two rounds. I think that was the only, that was like the main reason. Was like, if you, let's say, okay, uh, if I were to look at the standings uh, conference-wise, because I'll look at the West, because it's all about the West. It's like This has nothing to do with the Eastern Conference. It's all about the Western Conference. Calgary and Minnesota would be the first round matchup. I mean, they they would be regardless because of how the even with the wild card standings, and then what it gets reseeded after that, right? After the first round in the old format. Yes. So wait, like the one one eight format. Yeah. Um. So it would just be Tampa gets the lowest seed of the teams remaining, and so on. Okay. So let's say Calgary were to beat Minnesota. Nashville were to beat uh, Dallas, San Jose, maybe St. Louis. Let's say St. Louis picks up the win against San Jose, Winnipeg. Man, what a series that would be. Beats uh, <laughs> Vegas. So let's say it's Calgary, St. Louis. So basically, I think what the NHL is saying is that instead of having Calgary doing all that travel in the second round, instead you they would travel to Vegas or San Jose in the second round. I think that. That was the only, the part of the their their thought process. It's just it makes sense if dumb. you look at it that way in terms of the travel. But if you're looking at it from a competition standpoint, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's, it's not even a travel thing. Like when the league came up with it, it was like we want to create rivalries. It's like the teams play each other four times a year, and then you're making them play a seven game series automatically against. By each the other. way, if you want to create rivalries. Division play competitive play. hockey against each other. Like, look what is three games between the Leafs and Habs have done. I, when my, both teams are competitive. My thought process is: Why do you have? Why does Eastern Conference teams have to play each Western Conference team twice a year? I Make, don't change it. I up. mean, playing everyone once is fine. Playing everyone once is fine, but why do they need to do it twice? Like, there's times where do I, does Toronto need to play against uh, St. Louis twice a year? Do they need to play against? Colorado twice a year? No. No, but that's not the gripe I have with it. Like, it's not... Four times is more than enough to create animosity between two teams. It is. I, I don't like the way they've 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 kind of spread... They put cluster games together. I oh, yeah, spread it dumb. out. Like, the Leafs are, don't play Boston anymore. They play Tampa twice. Like, if you're, if you're a Leafs fan, you want to see the Leafs play Boston once before the playoffs. Yeah, like, that'd be nice. But it would be, and if people and with this whole oh, how is the Leafs going to play against like this would tell you, both teams before the trade, you know, after the trade deadline when their rosters are more. I mean, right now the Leafs roster isn't uh, what it's going to potentially look like in the playoffs. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. The NHL. Um, the NHL is very much in line of once we do something, it takes a lot for us to want to change it. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it's, there's a lot of things we need changing in the NHL, <laughs> but hopefully the GMs figure it out in these meetings. I don't think a lot will get done because it'll just be a ton of old hockey men jerking each other around and talking about stories from back in the day. But who knows? Maybe something will change. Okay, so let's go over, because the two things kind of coincide together. Um, John Tavares makes his return to the island. It did not go well, both for the Leafs. And in my opinion, it didn't go well for the Islanders. Because this is why I don't think it went well for the Islanders. They spent so much time fixating on it. Yeah, you got the win. You got the 6-1 win. Guess what's happened after that? The Islanders are no longer in first place in the Metro, which was ne- the more desirable spot. Oh, they're sorry. Tied they're tied for first. They're tied for first now. Wow, they've got both tiebreakers on them because of the regulation. Yeah, because they beat Ottawa in a shootout last night. Ooh, oh, sorry. They beat barely beat Ottawa in the shootout. Yeah, well. 5-4. Like, if, sorry, if you're allowing Ottawa to score four goals, 
come on. You do not deserve to be in first place in your division. Like the Leafs, at least when they allowed Ottawa to score all those goals against them, the, the last game they played before the trade deadline, Ottawa actually had a roster with Duchesne, Stone, the Zingle. Like they had a, a semblance of a roster. Yep. And oh, Islanders played Ottawa again. Which is dumb. Like, come on. You just played Ottawa once, and now you're playing them again. How does how does that balance your schedule? Well, it's like the Leafs played the Sabres in home games twice in two weeks. Yeah, I don't get that. I, I Like, see, for me, I don't. I, I would want that spread out. Yeah, it was less than a week apart. <laughs> Sabres came left, came back. Yeah, sorry, that was the trade deadline, and then they were back a couple days ago. Yeah, they're back on the Saturday. It's just, I don't know. It's The schedule's done. We can just agree on that and yeah. end it there. So, um, But I, I think, and, and uh, our boy Jake even said this, basically what the Islanders did is they wasted 10 games worth of energy in that one game against the Leafs. Yep. And I agree. And they it's shown over the last couple of games. They've just not looked good. And, um, no, go ahead. I don't know. The teams are just, that was their, that was their Stanley Cup. And Which is sad. Good for them. Like, the best tweet I saw about all this was Faisal Kamisa's tweet. Chanting that you don't care or you don't need something pretty much means you do need something. Yeah, we don't need you. Okay. So why you chant? Like, the best way to say that... You're right. You don't need him. You have Matt Barzell. Pretty good player. Pretty good player. Robin Lehner. Pretty good player this year. Jury's still out on whether he's going to be that in the future. Whether he's going to even stay there. Man, what what happens to New York if Anders Lee leaves this offseason? Anders Lee. He's a pending unrestricted free agent. Um, Lanner leaves. Like, they're, uh, Anders Lee, who is named the new captain of the team after John Tavares leaves. Hmm. That'd so be just, a bit of a mess. So just a reminder... Okay, the Islanders, uh, when they play at uh, the Coliseum, Nassau, Nassau um, I think a sellout to them is 13,000. 13,000. Like right. Winnipeg's 14, arena. Uh, um, Winnipeg. It's like around that, isn't it? Let's see. Winnipeg. The pegger is. That's like under 15 for sure. I mean, it's a little different. Their 15 is like. But they're also, that was built as like a minor league. That was built for the Moose, and then Winnipeg ended up coming back with the Jets. Uh, Let's see. The MTS Center. 15, yeah, about 15,321. Okay, so a lot bigger than, well, 2,000 more than. Yeah. So So, um, they sold that game out. They sold out the game after that against uh, Washington. And then, well, that was because it was the Capitals. And then the, Flyers. the game, well, was it the last home game they played against, I guess, Ottawa. it was Ottawa. 11,445. Yeah, it looked barren. Like, there's games where they've had 10,000 fans. That's a bargain. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 9,000. Yeah. 8,000. I'm, I'm looking at this on Hockey Reference. 8,000. Do not tell me that you do not need... A, if John Tavares was there, it would actually kind of still be like that. So maybe oh, absolutely. Because nothing would have changed. It would have just been JT's here. You know, you know, still... You know, they, no, the, no, it would have changed. they still be like, like they were last year. Because the only reason why those changes were made were Lou came in, Barry Trotz came in, was because of John Tavares. So actually... You need a John Tavares to do all that for you. You know what the most interesting tweet to me was during that um, whole Islanders thing? was? Did you see the thing about some – I don't remember the account, so I apologize for that. But somebody said that – broke that Tavares was willing to re-sign with the Islanders. Oh, that was Larry Brooks. Uh, yes, Brooksy. Um he was going to re-sign with the Islanders because he and Lou had a good first meeting. And then our old pal Darren Ferris came in and convinced no, him Brisson. to take meetings. Pat Brisson. 
That's his agent. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Ferris. Yeah, Pat Brisson. He works. He works for um, uh, CSA. I was from... gonna say it was a little. Yeah, that made sense. It was Tavares. a little weird that Marner and Tavares are the same agent. So that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, he's um, he works for CAA. Sorry, CAA yeah. Hockey. Uh, no, Leafs fans should be singing uh, Pat Brisson's uh, praises because he. Okay, did... it's Darren Ferris is still in the doghouse. All right. Yes, he is. Cool. <laughs> Darren Ferris will remain in the doghouse. Yeah. Um, but no, I, in my opinion, um, what John Tavares did for the Islanders by leaving or saying he like, pretty much this whole idea that he was going to be leaving was probably the best thing that could have happened to the Islanders because Lou Lamarillo was hired, Barry Trotz was brought in, and that organization appears to be in a better position now than when they were than even a year before. I think Barry Trotz is the difference maker in this whole thing. His system just completely changed the Islanders. And I think that's helped Laner. Um, I think it's helped the entire team just look better because I mean, people, me included, were taking a look at their lineup at the beginning of the season and going, okay, I don't really, you have a bunch of guys that are like borderline AHL players in your bottom six, like Ross Johnson and Matt Martin and Leo Komarov, who I love them for the time as a Leaf, but they don't really bring a lot offensively to the table. Like in a speed NHL, you have Casey Sezikis, Matt Martin, and Cal Clutterbuck. And that ended up being the line that torched the Leafs. Yeah. The best fourth. Actually, they're... Casey Zizekas had two goals. Clutterbuck was flying. Martin was throwing the body. Casey Zizekas always plays well against the Leafs. He's a Toronto He's a good kid. player. He was a first-line center with the St. Michael's Majors. I remember in that. In the OHL. Him and Devontae Smith-Pelly. I remember that Memorial Cup run. But, um, yeah, like, you know, the Islanders, the problem is they don't have, the uh, like, the top-end talent. And I don't think they're deep, they're blue line. I think their blue line is kind of. Um, how's it's it's going to need some work soon because Johnny Boychuk's up there in age. Uh, why did I think Dennis Seidenberg was still with the team? He is. Uh, they have, he, he, oh, is he he's a scratch? Had, he he's been on a PTO. He finally okay. signed. He finally signed for the Cup run. Okay. Um, they have some good pieces, though. Like, Mayfield's very good. Uh, Ryan Pollock is, looks like a great player. Pulock, I'm not too sure how to pronounce his name still. I think it's Pulock. Um, Nick Letty was a great pickup. It was a, I'm pretty sure that was the same day they picked up Boychuk. It was yeah, a good pair same, of pickups. Two trades uh, the same day. Yeah. Kind of seen more of the other team. They were, they were picked up and immediately signed to extensions the same day. Yes. Um, Thomas Grice, I mean, uh, Lander's getting a lot of credit, but Thomas Grice is somewhere around a 9-3 as well. Like, we say a lot of the time, like, a team just needs league average goaltending to be good. Imagine a team like, I don't know, take any playoff team right now that's probably has more up talent up front than the Islanders and give them 9-3 goaltending from both their goaltenders. They're like the Lightning. Like, yeah. could you imagine Washington if Holpe was putting up a 9-3 right now? Um, They'd be scary. Yeah, Washington, I still think, is the best team in that division. Yeah, I and then Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I don't think, yeah, it just, you never bet against Ovechkin and Crosby. That's the thing. All due respect to the Islanders, I'm not betting against Crosby or Malkin or Kessel or Ovechkin or Backstrom or Kuznetsov. There's too much top-end talent there to bet against that team if they play the Islanders. Even the Jackets look very good. They haven't looked good the last couple of games. No, but if Bobrovsky plays to his ability, you have Duchesne, you have Dezingle, you have Panarin, you have Seth Jones, Ryan Murray. Like That's just more top-end talent than the Islanders. And I don't want to be slagging on the Islanders right now. But I'm okay with that. You just look at the lineups on paper. It's it's crazy the success they've had. Barry Trotz has been fantastic, and their goaltending has made up for any blemishes that might have come with mistakes that have been made. Yeah. Um, 
Let's. I have a thing to move on to, which silver still regards to John Tavares. Sweet. There was the. Um, I don't even know really what to call this. Oh. Um. I've never seen something more divided that has divided Leafs fans in a way. Um, yeah. So. So Adam Wild, I believe, is the one that, that started the whole thing. Yes, a lot of people gave John Tory credit. It was Adam. He well, John Tory must have heard it from Adam and then it oh, caught yeah. on, and then yeah, John Tory, John Tory pretty much put the stamp on it. Yeah, well, when John Tory, I mean, he's got how many millions of followers? No, he doesn't. I like... don't think he does. No, really. Um, John Tory. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, he has a lot of followers. <laughs> well, he's he's a prominent follower because of his position. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Is so many people are going to see his tweets and just can think that he came up with it, which is fine. Whatever. Oh, I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, if people think John Tory comes up with his tweets um, all the time, they might need to understand how no, politics. It's not. Works. It's not John Tory. Um, wow, my Twitter Twitter is so slow. I feel like it's <laughs> faster on my phone than it is on my computer. It's like you think Norm Kelly put out his own tweets. I'm really like. Two feet from my, two feet from my router, and Twitter is, well, he has two hundred seventy-five thousand followers, which is still a hefty. Not even close to a million. Hefty amount. Um, All right. We but should do a we should do a jar or some kind like for every time I fuck up a, something I do it a lot, and we just donate it. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I just found okay. I have no problem with fans saying, "Let's let's make sure John Tavares gets a good ovation." Two, yeah, two, no, issues, two issues I have with that though. We don't need to make it a social media trend because then it gives the impression that Leafs fans want to see themselves at the center of everything. Uh, and I think that was part of the reason why. Uh, Islanders fans were just had up to like. Were oh, Islanders pissed. fans were not happy about it. Absolutely, and they were not like they just had issues with Leafs fans ever since Tavares uh, signed. So, excuse me for not really caring what Islanders fans think. Yeah, I mean we don't. <laughs> and we don't need to. Uh, we're the, the Leafs should not care what Islanders fans really have to say they're just angry at this point and for good reason their franchise player left them so let them be angry it's not a big deal i i mean i have no problem with them booing let's just say that i have no problem with fans saying we are not happy i i saw it a lot on social media the thing is you can you are entitled to do whatever you want you can boo taveras you can chant whatever you want as long as it's not too egregious and you know what I'm getting at. Like, if something is a lot of swearing, like the asshole chants, whatever, that's not that bad. But if it was something that... I, I hear worse it, at wrestling events, so... Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> um, but throwing snakes at Tavares, throwing a jersey at his head as he's walking off the ice, that's taking it too far. Throwing plastic snakes, which... Yeah, no, throwing snakes on the ice was... I mean, it's funny. But don't throw them at the player. Yeah, like he's there to do a job. I don't know. I don't really care how much you hate him. You just you don't do that. You should be ejected for being that stupid. Not even for throwing the thing, just for being an idiot. <laughs> yeah, and in you know, and it's not just um, and there's people who uh, who called out this whole John Tavares Day thing. And I think the reason why they did it is because they're thinking that pe- that Leafs fans are the ones who were. Um, who are com- like the ones who are doing putting this all together? Um, we're just getting a little too uh, over the top. It's over the yeah. top when you're saying let's make this a social media trend. I have no problem with people saying you know we should give John Tavares a nice ovation. I mean the Leafs took care of that by announcing his name. Was it first or last? I think it was, it was last. So usually they do uh, forwards defense then Freddie. I yeah. think they did it in reverse this time. And then the players also stepped off the blue line to give Tavares his own moment, yeah. which was nice. That's all you need to do. 
That's really now, all I need. Yeah. The the ovation isn't a bad thing. I don't like the the effort isn't to thing, but it's just I don't know. More power to you if you want to get behind Tavares, but uh I'm not I'm not one way or the other on the Tavares Day thing. It's just sort of like eh, do whatever. We're gonna cheer for Tavares regardless. Islanders fans are going to get on him regardless. Nothing's really gonna change. I appreciate that fans wanted to show Tavares that they cared about him, but I mean he came here because he's wanted to be in Toronto. People know that he knows that people want him here. But it was a nice gesture, so whatever. It was so. Hate it, love it, doesn't matter to me. It's fans are allowed to do what they want. Fans are allowed to do what they want. They want to cheer. They want to boo. Guess what? They pay the price. They pay the tickets. It was the Torontoiest thing ever, though, to argue about. Yeah. Tavares, whether we should be cheering him or not. It was peak Toronto. I I always just love when uh, when people get really hopped up about it too. It's just like you are getting worked up about something that doesn't need to be getting worked up. Oh, about. Steve Simmons had a day. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure his mentions are never quiet, but especially not on that night. The best is he tweeted out. I want to see if I can find the exact tweet. Oh, it's just it's the typical like. I don't want to be politics here, but it's exactly what like the sun and somebody that's very right wing would say. Like, oh, it's the snowflakes and everybody gets a participation medal and back in my day and all that shit. And it's just like, shut up, Steve. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't care one way or the other. I didn't disagree with Steve's thing, but it's also like, eh, what do you gain or lose from, from tweeting that? that? I, well, why can't I not find this tweet? Well, he gains a lot of eyes on his piece for the next day, which he, I believe, I was listening to Dangle's podcast, and I believe they said that Simmons actually led with the T.O., uh, Tavares Day T.O. And the Canadian press and their story led with it as well, so... Hmm. Um, yeah, right. I got traction. I mean, that was the story of the day. They were asking people about it at warm-up, so when they do that... I mean, Ron Hainsey had a good response to it, too. Did he? Oh, God. Ron Hainsey's not a bad quote sometimes. Okay, here. Ron Hainsey's a fantastic quote because he just doesn't care anymore. Well, He's I at mean, that point he... in his career where he just doesn't have time to play the, the media games. Well, no, it's just that he doesn't have, he doesn't need to say the, he doesn't even really need to say the cliche thing. He just says well, what I mean. He, he just says whatever he wants. Yeah, so this is what Steve Simmons had tweeted. This John Tavares Day thing at Scotiabank. Arena is a meaningless overreaction to the unexpected booing on Long Island Thursday night. Thought we as a hockey town were bigger than this. Can I stop you there for one second? Yeah. Who thought that that was going to be unexpected booing at at Nassau? Steve Simmons, the only person that was surprised that the fans booed. Anyhow, carry on. And then Simmons would go on to tweet um, after that. What I like least about social media, uh, people can, can't can disagree in an honorable way. Someone with an opinion different from yours has to be an idiot, a moron, something something with name calling. First off, Steve, if somebody called you an idiot or a moron, if you're, if you're bothered by that... <laughs> He's not wrong in that. I will there are people who go There's the no top. way to go about something on social media without somebody calling you an idiot or an asshole or something and somebody had had replied to him you wrote about phil kessel and hot dogs yeah that was that was my favorite response to it was just a snippet from his kessel article and then kessel with the stanley cup full of hot dogs photo on the golf course it's all you needed to say you don't need to tell him his opinion is wrong steve simmons has a lot of takes and a little probably half of them aren't right more than half some would say Uh, it's just it is what it is yeah, so I mean, I I have no issue with look. these fans are getting a great exercise in how to not listen to idiots on the internet say things, agree to smoke. People just need a let like it's just you people are getting way too worked up about things being said by by someone's opinion. Let them yeah. have their opinion. If now, 
if you feel personally attacked by it, if you're being personally yeah. attacked, right. I don't have an issue with somebody, you know, sticking up for themselves. But if you, a guy's just giving his opinion, just let it go. You know what you the easiest say- thing to do is, and we do it all the time in our private group chat, is instead of replying and being a keyboard warrior online, just send it to your friends and laugh about it. You don't need to reply to anything. Yeah, do that, or guess what? Just say, I, I don't really agree with that. Why can't we not longer society say, I don't agree with it? Why does it have to be? And I guess maybe this is where Steve is coming from. Why can't people just say, I don't agree with you? Instead of saying, I don't, I don't agree with you, here's why, and you have a productive conversation about it. Yeah. Instead of, uh, oh, you're a moron, you're a dummy, like, or it's anything dumb like that. I think... Yeah, we're getting Stop. into. We're gonna. We might catch a bit of flack for defending Steve Simmons, but it's I, just in general. It's just there are opinions. None of them. You don't have to agree with any of them, but handle it like an adult. Yeah. Okay. We got two things left <laughs> that I want to talk about. One of them, right. you wrote about it. Um, oh. Monsieur, uh, if I'm going to say it the French way, uh, Monsieur Brad Marchand, or I don't even think Brad Marchand. Hi, Brad. Uh, is Brad Marchand even French? I don't think he is. No, he's from uh, he's from the East Coast. Okay, but oh well, East Coast could be also. He's from Nova Scotia or New Brunswick. Halifax. Maybe. I could be way. Yeah, Nova Scotia. Um, I remember a buddy of mine said he went to like went to school with him in high school. I wonder if it was a, if he ever took French, because then that would explain why some people say it in a French accent. But you know, we know Patrice Bergeon is French at least. Um, or it's always funny to hear it on the Boston po- on, on the Boston broadcast, Mister Brad Marchand. Like he, they he go uh, so Boston with his accent, with his. He butcher all the names. Oh, it's Shout out to Jack Edwards for. Well, that's not him. That's I don't know who his color, color commentator guy. is, but he is the d- deepest Boston accent. Yeah. Um, Jack Edwards is a uh, conversation for another day because he. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about him on the playoffs all around. I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's better to wait, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Jackie, on the, on the. But uh, we know that Brad Marchand uh, did have a little comment on Marner's reaching 80 points in less in 66 games. I think that was yep. the tweet from NHL PR saying that he was is the fastest one of, player to do it uh, for the Leafs since I believe. Oh, I don't want to butcher it. Daryl Sittler was the fastest. I know that. It was like 50-something games. He got to 80 points. Yeah. I mean, um, why don't I pull up the tweet? Why don't I pull up the PR sure. tweet? It's a great – because NHL PR, it's a great account if you're a person that likes stats and likes milestones. Yeah. Uh, when I was writing my uh, X things, we call them, for Sportsnet, that's where I usually got my most of my info from because oh, um, yeah. why wouldn't you? That's – the league has all the all that info for a reason. Um, so here we go. We are Crosby's twelve hundred, which is incredible, by the way. Oh yeah. Like the thing that Sidney Crosby passing Ovechkin in career points, and Crosby's missed a season and a half with concussion problems. Um, okay, yeah, so he's incredible, and that's the thing. If we can just do a quick aside on that, like people don't give Sid enough credit. He's yeah. just like he has. Like, he blew his total from last season out of the water this year. And it was just like, oh, yeah, that's Sid. Oh, let's not forget Crosby missed time at the beginning of the year. Oh, I know. But, like, last season he had, like, under 70 points. And he's already passed that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's Sid. Like, people don't realize. Like, it's just the norm that he's going to be. He's getting older, too. It's And, you know, when you get older, it's supposed to be harder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he and Ovechkin are making sure that uh, or proving that it's not that difficult. So <laughs> old age or they're making I mean sure what Kucherov that... is doing is amazing this season. Oh absolutely. No, but remember a couple seasons ago when Ovechkin was just like everyone he scored like thirty something goals and everyone was like, Is he hit a wall? Is he gonna be crap now? And forty five goals this season. <laughs> so Crosby's played sixty three games and the most is sixty seven. Uh, I think that's the because Kudrov has played every game. Crosby's at a 1.36 points per game. Kudrov is at a 1.61 points per game. Yeah, they're both silly. Crosby has 86 and 63. 
Um, Marner has 81 in 66. He's hitting at a 1.23. Yeah. Um, but we know that Marshan's tweet was like, I can't wait for him to get his $12 million. <laughs> so either He day- also was surprised that people thought he was trolling. Uh, I think it was the post-game comment yesterday. Yeah. Everyone was like, yeah, or he like double, he didn't double down, but he was like, yeah, I don't know why people thought I was kidding. I actually, I don't, I I didn't think he was kidding. I thought, no, not at all. He wasn't kidding, but he was also trolling a bit because he knew that it was going to get people riled up. Oh, absolutely. It's Brad Marchand. He's not just saying nice things about somebody to be nice. Yeah. So not totally. I know he's not a, like no hockey player is a terrible person. As far as I know, there's obviously some look. Brad Marchand is a douche to play against. He people hate playing against him. I get that, but he's not like he's not the worst. Like he's not Sean Avery. Just from I don't know if I can bring it to lacrosse for a sec. I I talk to a lot of lacrosse players. They can be dicks on the floor. Same with hockey players. Football players generally not terrible people. Uh, football players are the easiest people to talk to when I talk to them because yep. they say what they mean and you know they're genuine about it. Yep. And they're not. And they're not very. Uh... That being said, Brad Marchand got a lot of people talking, <laughs> as he always does with anything he does, including me. I got I piqued my interest enough to write an article about him. Yeah. So... Um, and it's just sort of like, yeah. I he, mean, and we already know he's not getting twelve million. Like we're no. gonna have this conversation when the contract comes. He's not getting twelve. So what I said in the article is, uh, no matter how the conversations go, Marchand's doing his best to cost the Leafs as much money as possible. That's fine. That's fine. If the Leafs don't have money to spend, the Bruins uh, can go and get players. Can be better. So uh, Kyle Dubas had a response to this. Yes. Uh, I got the full quote. Because uh, okay. people only looked at the first like sentence of that. Uh, I'll do this. Thank Frank Cervelli for the burn. full. Frank Cervelli had the full quote from that. Um, that was a massive troll job. You have to respect that. With over ninety percent probability to play Boston in the first round, that he was waking up in the morning thinking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll take that. Yeah, that is a fantastic Got, um, response. Fan. Fantastic. You know um, what's the best part about having a 30-year-old GM? He has some chirps. He's um, not old hockey man that sticks to cliches. He like just his Twitter likes are hilarious, Kyle Dubas. Oh, his his tweets are the best. Yeah. Like, do you ever there's not a GM in this league that's more likable on social media, I would say. Yeah. Um he also had another interesting quote. Um, I missed this one. I don't know if you saw it. This is from Mike Michael Trakos. Uh, I've met him yes. before. He's a very nice guy. Great uh, guy. Dubas says Gardner remains week to week. I mean, we knew that, it was, but adds it is two separate injuries. Oh, fantastic! Um, so there's a very good chance he's not going to be back for the playoffs in that case. I mean, doing multiple injuries. So this is this is funny. Uh, this might anger some of these fans. Um, oh, no. In hindsight, said that he had he had he team. Sorry, uh, Dracos, you need a. I'm spell checking your. I'm proofreading your tweet. In hindsight, said that had the team known that Gardner and Dermot would be out, he might have added a D at the deadline. Yeah. In hindsight, I mean, you can say that in hindsight. You but. can. But guess what? You never know. It's funny. There's something. There, people have issues with what Brian Burke and Doug McClain say. I have less issues with Doug McClain says because I find he's actually. Um, when he's not talking about his success as the Columbus GM, he's actually puts up some pretty good points. Yeah, he is. He's very informative. He said a team generally needs eight defense, eight to nine defensemen to be successful for a long time. Well, so the Leafs do have eight to nine defensemen. Whether or not those eight to nine defensemen are adequate, I would have liked to have seen the Leafs acquire 
you know, even if it's a guy, like I'm not saying an Adam McQuaid. That's not what I'm no, saying. He's no. not even being played by Columbus right now. Yeah. Like I that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying. Tortorella like, came out and said that he's not even one of their best six defensemen and they gave up how much to get him? A fourth, a seventh, and a player. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, anyway, carry on. Um, I'm going to look back at the tray bait board. The, the one that uh, TSM puts together. I mean, the only two guys that got traded that were in the conversation, like, were linked to the Leafs, were Nick Jensen and... Yeah, he was one guy uh, I wish... Brandon Montour. Montour, I wouldn't have paid that price. To be what honest. was it? A f- uh, first, wasn't it? A first and a prospect. Uh, yeah. I'm not paying. I don't know. I, and, you know, somebody remind me that he had a bad ankle sprain and he hasn't really looked. I'm not I'm paying sorry. that when the Leafs have already given up a first for Jake Muzzin. Yeah. You can't give up first in consecutive years unless you are positive that you're going to make a finals run. So uh, uh, the people brought up the Matt Benning uh, rumors. I didn't see that as a, as a possibility. Like, look, would I rather put out uh, Martin Marincin or Michael Delzato? Uh, uh, oh, God. See? Um, there's Nathan Beaulieu. Uh, he's a guy. He's a no. He's another lefty, though. He's a lefty, but at least you're you've got a body that I think is a better option than. Oh yeah. I think I think also Dubis didn't expect, and and Rosen is not coming back anytime soon either, from what I've heard. Yeah. I think that all was on there. Another. Um... I mean, he's going to be on the Leafs next season, so why rush him back? Yeah, I have no problem with that. I would want him as an option for the playoffs, though. The Marlies are just silly good, by the way. Um, I think they said they're missing, like, they missed Trevor Moore. Uh, Chris Mueller's been out for a while. Mason Marchman's been out for a while. And they're missing all these top guys, and they still lead the AHL in goal scored. Yeah. Um, like, they're so good. Anyhow. I'm- yeah, Rosen, I don't think you need to rush back. No, there's no, no reason, but I would want him to be with the Leafs for the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. That'd be nice, but I... Or, I or a guy like Borgman. Like, I would I want... Think if, I, I think would, if Dermott um, and Gardner aren't back for the playoffs, or one of them, I think Rosen comes up. Yeah. Because Martin Marincin was on an emergency basis because they couldn't call up Rosen from all signs from what has been said. So, <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Morgan's um, an option. Rosen's an option. I would I would say that um, you just try to get by these next stretch of games, and you hope that Dermot can be back sooner yeah. rather than... Like, Dermot is the one I'm hoping that... I mean, it's a shoulder injury. Again, you don't want to rush a shoulder injury, but I don't want um, I don't want uh, I, mean, I don't think the, like, the Leafs are winning. I'm not like it, it was an issue when they lost against the Islanders. They won against their next two games. If they win against Vancouver and Edmonton, it's a non-issue. Yeah, I, you just don't want this to linger and be a talking point. Yeah, I don't think it will be a talking point. I think they'll if they can get through this stretch, they'll be okay. Uh, they got to play the Lightning though soon, so that's a bit of an issue. With... They play the Lightning twice still, so. Oh, I just mean like in the time frame that Dermot and Gardner are supposed to miss, they play the Lightning. Uh, yeah, that's not gonna be fun. <laughs> Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, the last thing I want to bring up uh, as our final uh, thought on the podcast today, which is Kasperi Kapanen uh, was giving an honest assessment of yes. the play of his line, and I was in I was intrigued by what he said. I like it. I like it a lot, honestly. I like that a guy like him. Um, can admit when the, their play hasn't been great. Babcock hasn't said much about it, which um, I give Babcock credit that he's not throwing those guys out. But I do like that. Um, oh, 
I mean, just compared to the other lines, what Kapanen said is that he, Janssen, and Matthews have been mediocre, I believe was the quote. Um, and that they've had a lot of film sessions and talks with Babcock about their play as of late. Um, I mean, if they aren't playing well in the coach's eyes, I'd like to see when they're playing great because they've still been very good. They're just not, I mean, Calgary game, you had Zach Hyman and Tyler Ennis score five goals combined. It's just one of those nights where your secondary scoring comes out and plays. Exactly. And, you know, your top, your lines aren't going to be productive every night, but I I can admit I want to see Matthews dominate, and he hasn't I, really looked dominant. I love that line, Captain Janssen Matthews, but my God, the way Willie's going, when Kadri comes back, you got to give him a shot on that first line. You, ha- I would, I would honestly prefer. He's to been the have... Leafs' best player in a handful of games. I would recently. reunite the Kadri, Marlowe, Kapanen line, and then put Matthews, Janssen, and, and uh, Nylander. Yep, that would be my line. But we know that Babcock, um, creature really of habit, he's not going to do that unless he's forced. So I don't know. I like that he's come out and said like we're not where we think we should be. It's always good when you hear a player not just say the cliche and yeah, I don't know. I like it. I'm sure Matthews would admit the same thing. They'd like to be scoring more, but I don't know. It's, it's not going to come every night as much as you'd like it to. Matthews is (laughs) teams are circling him on their depth chart or on the scouting report every single time. And so, and can I and uh, everyone? There's been people talking about how Marner is better than Matthews. No. Um, let me let me just point something out here. Matthews' line has been ripped apart from the last couple of years, and Marner like Marner's played with exclusively Tavares and Hyman all year. Yep. You give Matthews the pick. Like, let's be real here. Tavares had his pick of the line of his line. If Mar- Matthews had it his way, it'd be Matthews, Hyman, Marner. Yep. But that's not how... It's I don't going. even think he'd want Hyman, Matthews. I don't think he really likes... I don't know. I don't want to say he doesn't like Hyman, but I don't think he likes playing with Hyman. Yeah, uh, but he wants to play with Marner. Well, let's be honest. Unless Zach Hyman's parked in the crease, his offense pretty much dies on his stick. <laughs> Yeah, so I have no problem. So problems. Matthews, I don't think, wants like, to play with a player. I have that no problem with that first line. Give Matthews, like, may, I think that was part of the issue in the why Babcock and him had that meeting at the end of the year. Like, is Babcock really listening to what Matthews wants? Well, well what makes Matthews? Because in a way, coaches have to kind of appease their players so that they can produce. You can you can send a message by saying, "Oh, we're playing with this guy." Okay, but if you want your players to be productive, give them something to work with that they know they can work with and be successful with. I'm not saying he can't be successful with uh, Kapanen and and Janssen, but let's be real here: Matthews needs someone to set him up. Yep. Janssen and Kapanen aren't playmakers. They are. Like, Janssen is the grinder, but he wants to score. He can feed off of what Matthews, those Janssen's rebounds. Janssen is just a fantastic player in the offensive. Yeah, so I have no problem with Janssen. It's just like Kapanen and Matthews both kind of want the puck at times. And shoot, we know Kapanen doesn't like the pass that much. That's fine. Which is why I would prefer Kapanen to play with Marlowe and Kadri because I feel like Kadri and Marlowe can benefit from, A, the speed – that Kapanen yeah. brings, and Kapanen will shoot and shoot better than both of them. Kapanen and Marlowe on the wing would be very nice little, like, I don't want to call it energy line because it definitely is not your stereotypical, like, just go out and hit people, obviously. But they that much speed on the wing would be a handful after you've faced the Tavares and Matthews lines. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it. We'll see how they respond. Uh, they have a yeah. couple of games, and uh, we'll probably come back after the um, after the game against Tampa, and we'll uh, we'll break those all down for you. Uh, I think that's all we got for today. So I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, please subscribe 
to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow all of our stuff on Tip of the Tower. And we shall, uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Next time. I am. Words, David. <laughs> Words do not work with me right now. They do not no. work. Bye. But we will, <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time and we'll be better next time.